Welcome to the Backyard PA Football Podcast. Pennsylvania's backyard lives here. Don't bring that trouble with you. Don't bring that trouble with you. Big time players from big time games, and that's what we did, baby. Yes, Hello and welcome back to the Backyard PA football show. Is it a show yet or still a podcast? What do you think? It's like 50-50. All right, we're almost a show. Um, This is being recorded in anticipation of us moving over to WCYJ-FM this year. Uh, More announcements coming on that later, but um, yeah, welcome back to the Backyard PA football podcast show. We'll be previewing week zero, the first week of football. Jeremiah, how excited are you for the games coming up this week? Oh, I'm super stoked to have football back in general. Um, high school football is back this week, as you know. College football is getting started a little bit. It's not. It's like it's kind of like their week zero, in a sense. There's only a couple games, like a Hawaii, Oregon State. Yeah, matchup, like there's like not. That. Yeah, so I mean, it's not like you're not seeing Alabama, my team, Penn State, or even Virginia Tech like this weekend. I think the biggest name. I think UCLA plays someone, but um, and then NFL is coming up soon. So you know, it's fall. We're back here on campus. I'm excited about that. Um, yeah, I, I look forward to another really great season. We got really big things coming up this weekend that I'm really excited about. So, um, should be a good one. Should be a good season. Yeah, absolutely. We'll be talking about here that here soon. The blockbuster opening weekend, four games in 24 hours. But let's take it back a little bit to last Saturday. It was the final week of scrimmages here for Western Pennsylvania, the Whitfield Athletic League. Uh, and we wanted, we had some takes here. We wanted to go through. First off, um, people have been questioning a little bit uh, wash high this offseason. There have been some articles written about them, how their last season was kind of a letdown, a lot of turnovers. Uh, But they bring back a lot of players, and we saw a lot of improvement against the Brook Bruins from West Virginia. Uh, If you go back and watch those highlights, you know, Daphne Fuse looked really good at quarterback. Uh, What were your takeaways here from wash high's scrimmage highlights? Yeah, you know, uh, well, one, they're ni- their new uniforms are nice. They are. I like the white helmets. I didn't think I would, but those white helmets, I really – it's not typical. I'm used to the watch high um, black helmets. But uh, to the game itself, yeah, Fuse look great. Um, Aaron the ball out. Um, you know, I don't know much about Brooke. Um, I know they're 3A, which is the biggest classification in West Virginia. They'd probably be a 4A school in PA's classifications. But, um, yeah, they look really solid. Ed Lewis, the class of 2025 running back. He looked great. I've seen highlights of him all weekend. 
Um, just another thing, Wash High's got a, a, a solid group of running backs. That's nothing unusual. Um, and now they have a, a star quarterback that's only a junior, right? Fuse, yeah. yeah, so Fuse yeah. is only a junior, so they have two more years of him for – uh, Mike Bosnick. It, it's it's neat. I, I don't you know who knows what their offense is going to be like. I think Bosnick changes it every two years. You know just with what he has. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. You know because he has a quarterback that can air it out down the field. Um, he's pretty mobile as that as well. Um, and he's got a young group of uh, running backs too. So um, I, I was really impressed from what I saw, especially from Davon Fuse. He he looked a lot better, a lot more comfortable throwing the ball down the field than he did last season. Yeah, and he's definitely got the weapons too. Brandon Patterson and Carlos Harper on the outside. Uh, you know, a guy on the inside, Trevor Kern, kind of showed out on the offensive line to me. Um, him and Cameron Carter-Green are going to be the leaders on that offensive line. Uh, a team that we're going to be covering here for the Blockbuster opening weekend, even though it's just a scrimmage, the Brownsville Falcons were unable to even finish their scrimmage with Carmichael's. They canceled it about halfway through after there was an injury. Uh, you know, does, is this just the worst possible way to start the season if you're the Falcons. Just, yeah, I mean, to have this happen to you. Oh, yeah, it's definitely not good. Um, no, I don't know if they just had that little numbers. They didn't keep the scrimmage going or, like, one guy just went down and they were like, yeah, we've seen enough. Like, you know, I, you know, I don't really know. Like, you know, I'm not going to speculate what, you know, what went into the decision or not. Um, obviously, we know Brownsville's been in a rebuilding process for years. Um, they came close, I thought, a couple years ago when they had a solid young roster. But um, Pete Bentworth. Yeah, and then they got bumped up to um, 3A, and then it's kind of been uh, – they had to hit the restart button. So, uh, yeah, no, not a good start for uh, the Falcon faithful. And then another team that we've been kind of down on uh, this season, the Ringgold Rams, looked actually pretty decent against McGuffey. Got a pick six against Phil McEwen. Um, you know, could this be a hint toward an improved Rams team where we see the Rams really show out in a scrimmage against McGuffey and now they got a little bit more momentum? Yeah, sure. It's easy to look good against a two-way <laughs> team that's also kind of rebuilding as well. Uh, not so much rebuilding, but kind of getting things back together and figuring themselves out of McGuffey. Um, but you're not going to be playing McGuffey all year. You're going to be playing Thomas Jefferson uh, you're going to be playing Bell Vernon. You're going to be playing McKeesport and even Laurel Highlands and Trinity for that matter. Um, so uh, is it good to see improvement? Yeah, it's always great to go out and see that. But um, is that going to transition over to when you're going against Thomas yeah. Jefferson and uh, Bell Vernon? And finally, um, we've heard that Damani Stafford went down with an injury. It uh, doesn't look like he's going to miss extended time, although he might miss the game here this week against Uniontown. Uh, how does that change fortunes here for California heading into the season? Um, depending on the severity, which right now we know is day-to-day, not much. Uh, they'll keep an eye on it. Um, but, you know, they got other weapons, not taking anything away from Damani, but obviously Hunter Saw is going to be a big part of that offense. Um, I seen Ethan Fike had a long touchdown catch in his scrimmage. That was impressive. He um, really ran away from everyone. That was a blown coverage, but not taking anything away from Fike. You know, he, he outran the safety um, on that streak. So that was impressive. Um, but, no, I don't, I don't think they'll have any trouble with Uniontown with that matter. I mean, they honestly could play – they honestly didn't have to play Assad, Fike, or Damani, and they'll still probably win by 50 points, to be fair. Um, 
you know, hope he hope he's well and healthy. Um, you know, I really look forward to Damani playing his senior season. You know, I don't want him anything happening, especially to anybody for that matter, especially in their senior season, but especially a class athlete like uh, Stafford. And then some of our local teams here have released uniform pictures, new uniform designs, uh, releases, etc. cetera. Uh, most notably, Bill Vernon came out with theirs a couple days before Laurel Highlands released theirs. And McGuffey just re- released theirs either today or yesterday. Uh, which one was your favorite? Which one wasn't your favorite? Uh, and why? So ranking them, one, Laurel Highlands, they're white on white. I don't know if it was because Ronnie Gallagher was the one in them, but those look really clean. Um, I'm a big fan of red, white, and blue anyway. Uh, I don't know if that's just the Patriot inside of me. Like, I just think that's, like, the the best color combo. Um, I like Bill Vernon's. Um, they're kind of the same to me, just the different color. Like, just, like, the different... Um, design like different colors on. I, I like them though, but like I don't know if there's much different to me. And then last is McGuffey's. The only I mean McGuffey's I would like, but I feel like they're downgrades. Like they look and they look identical to Notre Dame's yeah. too, um, which is fine. High schools usually do that. I mean you look at several logos across high school sports in general, let alone WPIL. You can find schools that have have the same logo as a college or. Um, that of um, an NFL team, um, and McGuffey's literally look just like Notre Dame's under. They got Under Armour uniforms. They look just identical. Instead of the gold helmet you're used to, they have. Do you remember when Notre Dame played at Yankee Stadium? You remember those uniforms? They had yeah. the blue helmets. That's what. Yeah. The, that's what it looks like. And I'm not a fan of the helmets. The the, the blue mat. It's just, it doesn't, it's not, I mean, it is McGuffey. It just doesn't, it's just like when I see those, I go, oh, yeah, that's McGuffey. I go, hey, yeah, and fighting Irish, you know. Yeah. I I just, so to rank them, I would go Laurel Highlands 1, Bell Vernon 2, I'm a McGuffey 3. Yeah, I I didn't actually notice this when looking at the announcements. I'm not sure if you did, but is Bell Vernon going back to that solid gold? Helmet, or are they still? So I saw like, so I saw what like the it was like a great kind of like you remember when the Jaguars were the Jaguars were like the first to do that, and they like had that. That's what it looked like to me. It was like uh, majority of it was like gold, and then like towards the front of the helmet, where underneath the face mask like fades into black. I kind of like that. I like it a lot more. I did Jacksonville's where it was like right in the middle. Yeah, it faded. I, I didn't like that at all. But um, yeah, Bell Vernon's you know majority's gold and then it fades to the black. I think that's kind of neat. It doesn't you know it doesn't take away from um, you know the 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 gold that you know the, the I think dominant it's color there over their you know a couple of years ago when they had just the solid gold. I think it's just a little bit better where it adds a little bit of touch of uniqueness. Yeah, no, I agree. All right, and that'll just about do it for the news segment. A quick promo here. Make sure to stay on our socials here this weekend. We got four games in 24 hours. Games in air quotes. Obviously, the first one is a scrimmage. Uh, But it's going to be an exciting weekend. How excited are you to see these four uh, games? Check out Cannon Mac Trinity, you know, the return to that rivalry, and even Pine Ridge and Harrisburg on Saturday night. Yeah, um, I'm interested to see Cannon Mac and Trinity. That'll be fun. I don't know the last time those two schools have played. Um, not to my knowledge, um, any time I remember recently. Um, looking forward to Bishop Canavan and Frazier. We'll see what Frazier has. We'll see Braden Boggs come back. Uh, I know a lot of people are high on this young Bishop Canavan team that's in a little bit of a rebuild, and they're finally kind of out of the rebuild now. They're like, hey, let's see what you got now. Um, and then, yeah, the big game, Pine Richland, the first game in the uh, 
sort of not-so era of Eric Kasparovich. His son, Eric Kasparovich Jr., is listed as a freshman quarterback on the team still, so there is a Kasparovich on the sideline still for the Rams. But, yeah, I mean, I think all I think that's going to be the biggest game in the whole state of Pennsylvania, honestly, in my opinion. Definitely the WPIL this weekend. Uh, everybody wanted to see this new era of Pine Richland football, um, you know, Eric Kasparovich, as we've said for months, and not only us, but people, you know, he put this program on a national level um, in last year, winning a 5A state title and finishing ranked in max preps top 25. So um, a lot of people are going to be on this game. Harrisburg's a great program. They produce guys, you know, the big one that comes to mind is Micah Parsons, Penn State All-American, and first-round pick the Dallas Cowboys. You know, he's that's just a guy that graduated there in 2017, so this is the kind of program that, uh, you know, produces Division One and NFL talent. So it's going to be a really interesting matchup. I'm also very excited. I've never been to the Wolverina before. I know that's one of the most historic uh, stadiums in the WPIL. Um, so I'm super excited for that. Um, and I'll get to see a couple of new stadiums as well, like Dormont Stadium. I know that's where um, Bishop Canvin plays there for Keystone Oaks High School. Um, of course, I've been to Trinity before. We won't talk about that game I was there for. But, uh, yeah, so I'm really excited, especially, like you said, the nightcap for the Pine Richland game to really see um, the new air. Because the last time I saw Pine Richland, they were winning. They were blowing out Peters Township up yeah. in North Allegheny for a WPL championship. So it's definitely going to be really different on the sidelines. I'm really interested to see the atmosphere because I know how much those coaches love their players, and I could see the love that the players had for their coaches. Um, so it's going to definitely be really different. But nonetheless, Pine Richland's Pine Richland. They still have a heck of a heck of a team, um, and they return a, a plethora of talent. Yeah, and that Pine Richland game will be part of the. Western PA versus everyone tournament. That's just one of six games of the Wolverine and Woody High plays that nightcap at 8 o'clock. Uh, I'm sure there will be a big crowd on hand. Definitely want to get there early, though, because parking at the Wolverine is not so great. Um, so it'll be an interesting scene there. Uh, but let's start off with our full previews. We're going to go through all these blockbuster games and, uh, you know, break them down and just tell all the – Tell you guys, you know, who to watch out for uh, and uh, who to look for in these games, basically. Uh, let's start off, though, in the scrimmage, uh, Brownsville at Bentworth. And uh, I just want you to give me, like, two minutes here. Uh, what are you looking at for between these two teams? Um, you know, obviously, Bentworth is replacing a lot of key skill guys in Kavanaugh and Patrizic, and Brownsville's just trying to get some continuity at any point on any, in any position group. So what are you looking at? Yeah, basically the big thing I'm looking at from this past weekend to this weekend, I'm looking to see if Brownsville can finish a scrimmage. Um, and that, that's not a joke. I don't mean that. I mean, well, I'm just saying if, you know, if they can get through that, hopefully build it as a confidence builder. Uh, but then for Bentworth, let's see who the new guys are. Um, you know, there's no one Patrizic. There's no Trent Kavanaugh. You could argue those guys are the two best players in Bentworth program history. Um, definitely Patricic might be one. Um, so new guys are going to have to step up. Are they going to have the same kind of offense? You know, the Benworth I always remember, they were like 70% pass. We haven't really seen that a lot um, from Benworth the last couple of years just because they had the athletes that could, you know, outrun everybody in Patricic and even Kavanaugh. Kavanaugh wasn't slow by any means. He just looked slow next to Patricic, his, uh, you know, his running mate. So um, that's the big thing I'm looking for. Who's going to step up for Benworth? Um, and is Brownsville going to be able to put a full game together, really? 
Yeah, and I know three years ago, a guy like Sean Deziak for Bentworth threw like 3,000 yards uh, in what was, you know, basically the biggest air raid offense of the Tri-County South at that time. The only. Yeah, exactly. I'd be interested to see if Seth Adams uh, does that for them this season, where they just go back to chucking it downfield and seeing what happens. Uh now let's get into the full game here. Uh, 7 o'clock Friday night, a game that we're both very excited for. Trinity Hillers home against Cannon Mac um, at Hiller Stadium. Uh, you got Deuce Lines, a quarterback for Cannon Mac. Ryan Angot taking the ball at running back. And Trinity is replacing a lot, especially on the defensive line. Uh, what are you looking at here uh, for Cannon Mac? Um, on offense, is Trinity going to be able to hold their water? You know, we've seen them really struggle against better teams last year. McKeesport, uh, they actually were able to hold McKeesport to 12 points, but you look at a team like Belvern and Quentin Martin and uh, Ryan Hamer and uh, Dane Anden before he got hurt, just kind of ran all over the Hillers. Uh, you know, what style of defense are we going to see from Trinity against, you know, one of the top backfields uh, in 6A? Yeah, it's going to be tough night for the Hillers, really. Um, I think Deuce Lines is going to have a field day through the air and on the ground. It's going to be really tough for Trinity. They're replacing so many talented guys. Uh, you know, the one that comes to mind is um, Micah Finley in the secondary. Um, you know, Ethan Turdice um, up front and uh, Tyson Brophy as well. Um, now, Ty Banco is going to be back. His brother is going to be on the team. So you have the Banco brothers up front. Um, is that going to be enough? I don't know. Only time will tell. We'll see how in shape they are and if they're going to be able to play. Because I know there was depth there last year for Trinity, but now those guys that were fill-ins, you know, we'll say one and a half starters on the depth chart, um, are now going to be, have to be four down guys. Um, are they going to be able to step up to the test early against, like I said, a Canamac team who's really on the rise this year um, and looking to squeeze into that last playoff spot um, in 4A? So, um, or 4A, <laughs> sorry, thinking back to the old days, 6A. So, um, yeah, really going to be interesting to see there. Um, I personally don't know if Trinity can um, withstand it for a whole four quarters. And on the other side of the ball, uh, Trinity, you know, if their defense is a little bit lackluster, they're going to have to score a lot of points to even stay in this game. Uh, and they got a senior quarterback coming back in Connor Roberts, uh, Drew Kane back in the backfield, uh, and he's got and Roberts has got that connection with Tyshawn Lax on the outside. Uh, is that something that you're going to be looking out for for them to try to keep up with this uh, Big Mac squad and hopefully try and maybe steal one? Is that offensive connection? Yeah, I mean they're going to have to if they want to win. Um, you know, Drew Kane's going to have to take a, a lot of the touches. That were Micah Finley's. You we know how big a playmaker Micah Finley was. Like I said, in my opinion, for two weeks, I think he was the best player in the area, just making highlight reel catches. Um, he had a comeback down to earth moment though against Bel Vernon, as we know, um, and even against Laurel Highlands, he really wasn't. There really wasn't much of Micah Finley to be seen. So yeah, Drew Kane's going to have to get those touches. Um, really, not just against Cana Mac, but throughout the season, um, Trinity's success is going to weigh heavily on uh, Drew Kane. We know Trinity likes to run the ball a lot. Um, now they're going to have to replace a lot of linemen. Those linemen I mentioned on the defensive line also play on that offensive line. So, um, you know, like I said, just a lot's going to have to um, weigh on Drew Kane's shoulders. And um, not just, like I said, against this game, against the rival Canamac, but throughout the whole season in the Big 8. And this game is going to be at Hiller Stadium, a stadium that Trinity 
actually played pretty well last year. You know, aside from that Bell Vernon game, they were able uh, to, you know, that blowout win against a wash high and that home field advantage. You know, the loud band in the stands, um, just the, uh, the that Trinity atmosphere. Uh, do you expect that that will play a factor here with all the fans coming back and, uh, you know, this being a regional rivalry that, that can maybe play into the Hillers' advantage? Yeah, I think there'll be a good crowd from both teams, honestly. I mean, it's not a far drive down 79 South for Cannon Mac. Um, I know Cannon Mac, the Cannon Crazies, have probably one of the best student sections in the whole WPIL. Um, so that ain't that far a trip for them. I'm sure they'll travel well. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it'll be a great atmosphere, a rivalry renewed for sure. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited for the atmosphere. I hope to see a lot of great things, a lot of great new people. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm literally looking forward to it. This is I, like last year how excited I was for Washington Trinity coming back. I'm not as excited. Like that's a bigger rival. I think that's the Battle of Washington. But this is a big rivalry too of the two bigger schools in the area um getting together and playing so I'm, I'm excited for that being a local guy for sure to see those two uh the big schools playing finally again i mean in these two teams as well are teams that have had you know historically lower records right and you know in the last couple of years have started to become on the upswing where trinity had you know a playoff shot last year canon mac has you know re energize their program with some of the young talent so uh, that'll be an interesting storyline to look for as well Uh, but let's pick this game Uh, you know if you're new to the podcast we do do picks against the spread here obviously don't bet on high school football it's illegal but we do this for discussion purposes so um, it's just something to because you know when a team is playing another team and it's a very you know a union town is playing a laurel highlands or union town is playing a belvern and like Obviously, Bell Vernon's going to win, but it enhances the discussion when we add a line to it and we can say, well, we think you know this team's going to beat this team by this many points. So, on the road, I have Cannon Mac as a 22-point favorite at the Trinity Hillers, and I think the way Cannon Mac's offense is structured and all they bring back on that side of the ball and all the Trinity replaces, I mean, I can't see you know Trinity keeping it that close with this offense, so I got the over on the 22. Yeah, I'm going to disagree. Um, I do have Cannon Mac winning, but I'm going to have the under. I think just the fact of a rivalry game is going to be in it. I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be close, really, until late um, in the third quarter, heading into the fourth. And I think that's when Cannon Mac pulls away there by uh, two touchdowns. And I, I'm going to give, I, I would say, I'm going to give Cannon Mac 18. I think they'll beat him by 18 points. Um, I, I think this will be a high scoring game at first. Um, which is not normal usually for um, week zero games, first games of the season. But um, that's just what I woke up with this morning, so don't judge me. Um, but, yeah, so I, I'm gonna, I am still have Keenan Mack winning, um, but I'm going to take um, the under. So um, you're welcome, Trinity fans. I'm banking on the deuce getting loose in Hiller Stadium. Oh, I still think that'll <laughs> happen. I still think that'll happen. I just think Trinity will um, still be able to put points up on the board, really. All right, and then at 12 o'clock in the afternoon on Saturday morning at Dormont Stadium, 
you got an afternoon matchup between between the Fraser Commodores and the Bishop Canavan Crusaders. Uh, this is a game where both teams, I mean, Fraser is losing, you know, Kenny Fine, basically the centerpiece of their entire team for the last couple of years. And Bishop Canavan is bringing back this young crop of really talented uh, youngsters that, you know, should be able to per- perform and get better. And Bishop Canavan is one of those teams like a four cherry that is kind of a dark horse to make the playoffs in 1A. Uh but what playmakers are you looking out for with, you know, Frazier losing all they have and Bishop Canavan coming back with all, all they have? Yeah, um, you know, I'm really looking forward to seeing Braden Boggs back. Um, I've actually never got to see Braden play live in person. The only Frazier game I ever covered was the game after he got hurt against Ligonier Valley at McGuffey. We know how bad that one went. Um, but we get to see if Dom Dorcone's going to be uh, the guy a wide receiver is he going to be Kenny Fine? Absolutely not. But um, we're going to try to, uh, you know, we're going to try to see if he can be that guy. Do I think he will be? Probably not. Just because Kenny Fine was such a great athlete, and that's not a that's not looking down upon Dom Dercone at all. Um, Frazier returns probably one of the better linebacking groups in um, the Century Conference. So we'll see how that goes for him against Bishop Canavan. Another guy I'm looking forward to, Willie Banks, quarterback for Bishop Canavan. 6'3", 205 quarterback, an outside linebacker. Uh, you don't see that much at single A, let alone double A even. Um, so uh, I'm really interested to see him. First time I'll ever really see this Bishop Canavan team. Um, think about Bishop Canavan. Yes, they're a Catholic school, so they can recruit. Um, so, you know, they, they look different from year to year. But this, this Bishop Canavan team is a little different. They've actually had this roster for a little bit now and have been rebuilding through this young core. And now this young core has turned into a veteran leadership um, like Will Willie Banks, like the one I just mentioned, several other guys I'm not going to be ma- mentioning um, that you'll find out probably on Saturday afternoon. But, um, yeah, those are guys I'm really looking forward to. The two quarterbacks really is the big thing. Uh, you could say that for every matchup, but um, especially for this one. I'm definitely interested to see how the yards get dispersed after Kenny Fine has graduated, whether it's one guy who steps up. You mentioned Dom Dorkin, actually, is pronounced. Uh, but uh, also, you know, Isaac Thomas, at wide receiver, a guy like, you know, um, the Dom Taranto, who's a sophomore, maybe stepping up. Um, you know, how those yards get dispersed, who steps up is going to be very interesting to me because Brandon Boggs is not going to get all those yards by himself for sure. Uh, and, you know, on the Bishop Canavan side, I'm very interested to see what they're, what they look like in the trenches because, you know, we know Frazier was very strong in the trenches last year, but they graduated most of those guys. Uh, you know, and I'll ask you this question, you know, with all that depth losing in the trenches now for Frazier and basically Nick Vitale being like one of the only guys on the line, you know, with a ton of experience, a ton of leadership there, uh, you know, does that create some difficulty for Frazier um, in this game for week zero? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, the one thing I always talk about is being a former offensive lineman. you got to have continuity on that offensive line. You know, if you can have one great All-American, but if you have four subpar linemen beside him, you're not going to get much there done for your backfield, your quarterback to have time in the pocket, and your running backs to open up holes for him. So, um, you know, I don't know how much time to- or how much um, – 
continuity this Frazier line has right now. You know, I obviously haven't been scouting them since they were in Little League in middle school. So that's going to be the big thing. I know Bishop Canavan does bring that back, so that's going to be big. I'll probably give the advantage to Bishop Canavan right now on the offensive line as it is. So, yeah, that's going to be big. You know, you have a quarterback that, you know, is that injury going to be playing in the back of his head? You know, it was kind of a freak thing last year, the injury. So, But, you know, he's got to be on his mind. First game back, senior season, you know, is that going to be in the back of Braden Boggs' head? So, um, the linemen for Frazier are really going to have to step up and protect their guy. I mean, this is his, this is Braden Boggs' team. I mean, it was, in my opinion, it was last year, um, but more so this year than ever. So, um, yeah, the linemen are going to have to help him out, though, for sure. So, um, Boggs will have time to do his thing. Yeah, and this is his first game back from that injury. And, uh, you know, what should we expect right now? Like, what should our expectation level be for a Braden Boggs who was very good in his first two games last year until that? that injury against Ligonier Valley, uh, you're playing against, you know, a defense that isn't terrible. Like, they're not a Uniontown. They're not a, a, a Manesson, right? They're not, you, Frazier is going to show up and have to, you know, put yards together and drives together against his defense. Uh, you know, is Brandon Boggs' injury going to play a factor in that? And Frazier getting some points on the board. Uh, we'll just really see the biggest thing is how the recovery process was for him. Is he at 100% now? Um, I, you know, that's only him and, um, you know, his coaching staff probably know. Um, that's going to be the big thing. Is he going to be mobile? I know that's one part of his game. He has a little mobility to him. Um, so is that going to be affected? Him, you know, is his pocket presence still going to be there? So I, I really don't know what to expect from Braden. I, I'd like to see the Braden Boggs of old um, that could sling it down the field when needed to, get it to playmakers in open field and let them do the work. Um, but yet scramble for get the first down when they needed to. So, um, you know, I'm not sure what to expect. All that depends on how the recovery process went for him. And let's pick this game here. Bishop Canavan at home at Dorman Stadium is a is not going to be the favorite. Frazier Commodores, nine-point favorites on the road. Um, I am going to maybe a little bit of a controversial pick here, but I think it's the over for Frazier. I think, you know, we find that guy in the backfield. We find the guy on the outside that Braden Boggs can throw to. Um, that guy kind of steps up. Obviously, we didn't mention them, but Braden Bacino, uh, Aaron Penny Pinto, at linebacker, best linebacker duo maybe in 2A. So uh, we, we look at Frazier winning this game and getting the over. Listen, they're good, but I don't know the best in two way. So, but anyway, uh, no, I, I, Frazier's just not hitting it for me this year. Um, and I think Bishop Canavan's going to be a playoff team out of their conference of one day with Jeanette being on a down year, which never happens. Um, and Jeanette not having numbers. So, um, <laughs> thanks, Burke Brothers. But that's beside the point. Um, but, yeah, so Bishop Canada, I think, is going to be a playoff team this year, and I think they're going to be a very good team as well. So I'm going to take the under and win. At a home game, I think Bishop Canada is going to come out I'm on all cylinders, and they're going to take advantage of this uh, weekend Commodores roster. It wouldn't be a podcast without Nathan homering for the Fraser Commodores. No, it wouldn't. <laughs> all right, and the final game here at 4.30, an hour drive from Dormont Stadium for us over to the Wolverina. We got the Harrisburg Cougars against the Pine Ridge and Rams at one of the most historic venues in the state. Uh, and all of that off-season drama, they heard Kasparovich firing, you know, or dismissal, whatever it was. Uh, you know, all of that situation that happened a couple months ago, and it's still even bleeding over into this week. I mean, we've seen Kasparovich file a lawsuit with Pine Richland. Pine Richland's administrators, you know, have lost their jobs 
over this decision. Uh, you know, all of that, is that going to create a hangover effect a little bit for the Pine Roach and Rams in this game against, you know, a legitimate top five, six, eight team in the state in the Harrisburg Cougars? Yeah, that's going to be really interesting to see, and I think you'll see that on uh, – to start the game, I think from the opening kickoff, you're really going to see how much of a hangover it is on these kids. Um, you know, I don't know how practice is going for them, but I'm sure when they get back out on the field, it's going to be different. Um, there's going to be a lot of lights and a lot of cameras on them, too. You know, like I said earlier, I think this is the biggest game um, in the state of Pennsylvania this week for sure, um, just because of the controversy that happened in this season. Um, yeah, so uh, it's. Is that going to affect Pine Richland? Um, it's going to be definitely hard. They have a tough test in general, even if Kasparovich was still the head coach um, in Harrisburg. But now not having him on the sideline, it's going to be a little bit – it's going to be different for sure. The atmosphere is going to be different. Um, you wonder how the fan base is going to – the fan base is going to rally behind those boys. There's no doubt yeah. about it, um, whether it's Kasparovich or whoever. It's not the coach that replaced Kaspar- Kasparovich's fault. Um, and I think the Pine Richland people know that. They're rooting for this team to get back to where they were as one of the most dominant teams in the state um, and a national powerhouse at that, too. So um, I, I sure hope it doesn't have an effect on these kids, but um, I'm not in those boys' shoes, so I, I'm not sure how that would affect them. Um, but like I said, I think we'll see that from the opening kickoff. And Harrisburg is the type of team where they're extremely talented, but they're also slightly volatile, where if if something happens against Harrisburg, they start to fall apart. We saw that in the playoffs a couple years ago. These two teams, I believe they met each other in the 6A final maybe two or three years ago at Hershey. Uh, I wonder if that's going to play into it a little bit. But, um, you know, Pine Richland historically has been the type of team where they're very solid at all position groups. And... I'm interested to see if this new coach continues that tradition. Uh, and, you know, this team, the Cougars, again, stocked with weapons. But um, if Pine Rutland still has that continuity um, with their new coach, it's going. they're going to be a difficult team uh, to stop. So, you know, looking at this past Pine Rutland Rams senior group, I mean, they graduated, you know, probably one of the most historic, decorated classes in the history of their school. Who do you? Who are you looking at here from the Rams to maybe step up and fill that, fill those gaps? You know, with a new coach, a new system, and everything. Yeah. So the one guy that comes to mind is Jacob Dahmer, the big defensive tackle and offensive lineman. He's got a couple Division One offers right now on the table. Um, you know, he was a big presence last year in that WPL Finals game I covered against Peters Township. Um, he's going to have to step up and be a leader of this team. Um, you know, with everything going on, that's what's really going to have to happen. Leaders on the team that are players. Um, and really take this team back to where they were. You know, this team knows how to win. It's not like the whole team got replaced, just the coach. So the players know what they need to do. Um, it's just a matter of pushing all the controversy to the side, going out on the field and getting the job done. I think Dahmer's going to be have to be that one big piece on, on both sides of the defensive and offensive line uh, to help out the Rams. And we looked at this the season for Pine Richland last year, and the way their conference shook up was that Pine Richland was really, really good, and then there was a big gap between them and everybody else in your Fox Chapel, your North Hills, your Penn Hills. And over the offseason, I think those three teams have improved incrementally. Uh, if Pine Richland you know, even gets blown out in this game, say they lose by like you know, 21, 28 points, is that maybe going to set a tone for the season where now you're entering conference play and you got all these teams kind of on the upswing that, you know, 
it could get real interesting for the Rams really quickly. Yeah, one or two things going to happen. If they can beat Harrisburg, that's going to be open in a lot of people's eyes. Like, hey, Pine Richland's still here. Um, if they lose to Harrisburg in a bad way, like you mentioned, by two or three touchdowns, then a couple of WPI schools like North Hills, like you mentioned, who I've really been impressed with. They bring a lot back. Robert um, Dickinson is the one you think of uh, that comes to mind. He's got several Division I offers as wide receiver. In fact, I'm pretty sure he was just ranked the number one receiver in the WPIL by um, Trip Live. So, uh, you know, I really look forward to seeing North Hills on the season, but North Hills is going to have their eyes on this game for sure. Um, if Pine Richland um, is showing any weaknesses for sure, North Hills maybe can take that next step and win this conference. And this game in neutral site, I have Harrisburg as touchdown favorites. Uh, and I am going to go with the over, and it's not because I think Pine Richland would, would be any worse. I think Harrisburg is just a much better football team, a top 5, 6, 8 team, a team that is has their eyes on a state title this year. They're, that's what they're thinking of, state title, Hershey 6A, uh, and, you know, with Pine Russell not at 6A anymore, that title's um, – yeah, I'm not going to say it's up for grabs because St. Joe's is there. But, like, uh, you know, they have a shot. And that's something that Pine Richland, you know, with all they with all that they've been working through in the offseason, it hasn't been the, on the forefront of their mind. So I think I'm going to go with Harrisburg just because of all their talent and uh, – and, you know, their mentality this season of winning a state championship. Yeah, I agree with you. Harrisburg's just a flat-out good football team. I'm going to take the over. Not by much, though. I don't think that, I don't think Harrisburg blows Alpine, Richland. I still think it's a good game. Even if Kasparovic was still the head coach, though, I would still pick Harrisburg because, Harris, like you mentioned, Harrisburg's looking to win a 6A championship this year. Uh, they got to get past St. Joe's. But I think if they get past St. Joe's, I don't see anybody – uh, and the WPIL touching them in R6A. And, yeah, that goes for Penn Central Catholic and uh, Mount Lebanon. I just That's how high I am on this Harrisburg team. So, yeah, I'm going to take Harrisburg on the over. Heard it here first. Uh, let's jump into the other games we're going to be covering here. Picks against the spread for, you know, some of these other matchups across the backyard. Let's start off here in the 1A Tri-County South with um, the first of two matchups between these two teams. Avella Eagles visiting Mapletown. I have Avella 13-point road favorites. I'm going to go with the over on this one. I know Mapletown fans will be disappointed for if they, you know, lose by two more than two touchdowns in this game with all, you know, the talent they've got coming back. But I think right now Avella as a unit is a little bit stronger. As the season wears on, I think Mapletown might win that, you know, that road matchup in Avella later in the season. But right now I got Avella with the over. Yeah, I'm going to go under and win. I think it's going to be the Landon Stevenson show that we've always heard about, and I think he's going to have a field day against the Eagles. So give me the Maples winning the non-conference matchup against – or no, I said the Maples. What did I say? You said the Maples. Yeah, I know what I said. Don't, don't, <laughs> question, don't question me. The Maples beating the Eagles at Mapletown Friday night. Under and win. I'm right. You're wrong. That's how the show goes. What an interesting way to start the season, though, if you're Mapletown, where that's a game that was at Mapletown last year, right? And Avella ended up winning that game by six points. Uh, and now you turn the tables, and Mapletown would have a great start to the season if they're able to pull that off. Uh, 
Next up, at Jefferson Morgan, the Leechburg Blue Devils, a team that is receiving a little bit of hype, right? Make maybe the making, maybe making the playoffs. You know, after a twenty-plus year drought, I, you read a, thirty-two you? years, Jeez. the okay. longest playoff drought in the WPIL right now. Anyway, Leechburg is visiting the Rockets uh, at Parker Field. I got the over for the Blue Devils. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go over and win for the Blue Devils. Um, yeah, that's just an easy one. Jefferson's on a down year. Um, they're in the news as of right now for an ongoing lawsuit as well. Um, so you wonder how much that's going to be playing on the team as well, and they're going to have a down year as it is. So, yeah, a lot of people are high on Leechburg, too, um, to break the playoff drought. So that's going to be the first start of it. So give me the Leechburg. And another game here in the Tri-County South, the uh, Matchup between the Tracking South and the Century, the Waynesburg Raiders visiting the Carmichael's Mighty Mikes. Carmichael starting off the season on home field as 28-point favorites. Obviously, we only go up to 28 on our spreads um, because we don't want to be rude. We're not going to put a 50-point spread against a Waynesburg or a Brownsville or something because that's just mean. Uh, but, yeah, this is an over for me. I think Carmichael's, with all the talent they got, um, will run all over the Raiders. Yeah, copy and paste. Yeah, Trenton Carter will have a field day. He's got his receivers. Tyler Richmond comes to mind, uh, just to name one. Um, so, yeah, um, Waynesburg's just going to be struggling. This isn't a good matchup for them to start the season at Carmichael's against a uh, very solid Carmichael's team and program. So, yeah, give me the mics. And then our final Tri-County South matchup here, your West Green Pioneers visiting the Cameron Dragons in West Virginia. I have West Green as 17 point favorites at Cameron and I although I really like West Green and all they they're putting together this season especially a running back and uh, they got a returning quarterback in West Whipke um, you know Cameron I believe they're opening their new field for this game uh, I, I think they keep it within 17 points but I still got West Green winning yeah I was gonna say when I saw that spread I was like ooh man I don't know 17 that's a lot um, yeah, it's a, it's a big rivalry. It's a really underrated rivalry just because Cameron being in West Virginia. But that's a huge rivalry. Cameron's opening their new turf stadium. They got a new um, field house, state-of-the-art field house. Uh, that that community really revolves around their football program. But with that being said, I'm picking my West Green Pioneers. Um, taking the under on 17. But, um, yeah, they're still going to pull it out there against uh, the Dragons. And then another game here, just to start off the century, I mean, this game has, in my mind, gotten more and more intriguing over time, and that's the Four Cherry Rangers visiting the Chargers Houston Bucks. And Four Cherry is a team that, talk about a team that has received hype over the offseason. You know, you beat Rochester once, and all of a sudden everybody thinks the Four Cherry Rangers are making the 1A playoffs. Uh, you know, visiting Chargers Houston, a 2A team that is definitely on the rebound. Chargers Houston, I have as 14-point favorites at home. I'm going to take the over just because I believe in so much in Chargers Houston, and I think this might be one of those wins where they put their foot down. Where we saw with Beth Center last year with Chargers Houston, they just put their foot down and say, we're the better team out here and just win the game decisively. Yeah, no, I agree. I, not the over by much, but I'm still going to take the over. I think Chargers Houston's the better team. Um, I've yet to still believe in the hype and for Cherry. Um, just like the uh, Tribe Called Quest song, Don't Believe the Hype. Yeah, that's me. I, I don't believe the hype for, for Cherry right now. So uh, give me the bucks. All right. And then McGuffey. And this game, I think, might be you know one of the most intriguing games of the weekend. Uh, very underrated is the South Moreland Scotties hosting the McGuffey Highlanders. 
McGuffey, six-point favorites on the road. Uh, I want to hear yours first before I pick this game because, you know, these, these teams are so close in my mind. Yeah, um, you got uh, you got the Notre Dame fighting Highlanders in this one, as uh, I mentioned before the po- early on the podcast, because they're new uniforms. I, yeah, but anyway. Copy and paste. Yeah, so pretty much. Um, versus uh, South Moreland. Yeah, South Moreland, you know, they're up at 3A. Uh, a lot, they're, they're right there, I think, on that bubble of that three, um, the Interstate Conference. Um, playing McGuffey, that uh, a team they've had success against. I don't think they've never been able to pull out a win against McGuffey, but even McGuffey's good year, Scotty's have always been right there with them. Um, I'm still going to give it to the Highlanders. I'm going to go over. I think they win by two touchdowns. Um, but um, I, I could see this going either way, really. But I just think McGuffey has McGuffey's triple option uh, will be a factor. Um, I think coaching. I think Ed Dalton is. The better coach, and that's not a shot um, towards South Moreland's coaching staff. They've brought that program back from the dead, really, um, and breaking a 44-year um, postseason drought just a few years ago. Um, and that's nothing on them. McGuffey's a really good 2A school, um, so that's why I'm going to go with the Highlanders. As friend of the show, Liu Corso, once said, not so fast, my friend. I got the South Moreland Scotties at home with the under – and the win against the McGuffey Highlanders. I got Anthony Govern at quarterback. They bring back, you know, a star running back in Noah Phillips. A lot of depth on both sides of the line. Uh, you know, this is a game that I'm very, very interested to see. This is one of those games where you go into and you think one team is going to absolutely kill the other team, and then it turns out it's, a, like, a lot closer than you might think. Um, so I, th- I think South Moreland wins in a very, very, very close one, maybe like a last-minute drive to win. All right, and then to finish up the century here, the Manesson Greyhounds visiting the Washington Prexies at home. Washington are 28-point favorites. Over for me. Yeah, yeah, copy and paste. I don't even need to talk about it. All right, and then jumping into the big eight here, we got Connellsville visiting the Laurel Highlands and Mustangs. Laurel Highlands opening 13-point favorites. Rodney Gallagher starting off his junior season against the Falcons. I got the over for the Mustangs. You know, maybe a little bit of more of a controversial one as Connellsville is 5A, but uh, I think Laurel Highlands has enough depth coming back where they should take care of business in this one. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, I, I'm going to take the over for Laurel Highlands. Um, Connellsville does play good, especially against their smaller uh, Fayette County counterparts. Um, so those are always really good games. So I, I don't think Laurel Highlands blows Connellsville out. I'm still going to take the over, though. Um, but, yeah, I think Laurel Highlands will, will get the win there. I think the big factor is um, they have Roddy Gallagher and Connellsville doesn't. And then uh, talk about a team that we're, you know, we're going to talk about the next uh, couple of weeks here. The Chargers Valley Colts at home. You know They host Belverna next week. But this week they are hosting the West Mifflin Titans. Um, they open up as 28-point favorites. Uh, as as much as high as I was on West Mifflin making the playoffs in our last podcast, uh, I do not think they cover that 28-point spread. I think the Colts exceed it, maybe like 35 or something, but I got the over. Yeah, I agree. Over on the Colts, we're going to talk about them a lot. Of course, the game of the week next week is Belvert and Achar Valley for good reason. That's a rematch of the first round of the playoffs last year. That was at the at the beach at Bell Vernon. Now it's up at in Carnegie at Chartiers Valley High School. So we'll talk about that more next week. But um, yeah, Chartiers Valley is just one of the better teams in 4A. So uh, give me the Colts over. And then probably the best 3A matchup 
of the week here. Uh, starting off here in the interstate, South Allegheny visiting the Sarah Catholic Eagles. Sarah Catholic, of course, making it to the semifinals last season in the 2A playoffs. South Allegheny still trying to make their first playoff, playoff appearance in 3A since 2012. This is an even draw, so you basically pick the winner. I got the Gladiators on the road in an upset. Yeah, you're wrong. Um, no, Sarah Catholic is a very talented team. Uh, I think they'd be a very good 3A team, honestly. This team returns a lot, a lot of Division One talent. Farrow Fisher just committed the other day to uh, Navy. Yeah, he's one of the top defensive backs in the WPIL, and he's also an offensive playmaker. Let's not forget, he also didn't play uh, in the playoffs last year for Sarah Catholic. So um, they're going to have a full, healthy roster now. They return pretty much everyone. They were junior heavy last year, so they have a big senior class this year. So I'm going to take the Sarah Catholic Eagles. And then Mount Pleasant, 23-point favorites on the road at Burl a team that they had their way with last season. Uh, Mount Pleasant has, is bringing back a lot of talent, but there's also some gaps that they're going to have to fill, and this is a road game. Um, not necessarily a close road game either. I think this is going to be an under, but I think the Vikings still take care of business. Yeah, uh, I'm going to take the over. I'll take the over just to be different from you. Uh, Vikings roll. Um, yeah, just um, I think Mount, Mount Pleasant brings enough back to um, take care of uh, pretty easy business against Burrell. And then Elizabeth Ford hitting the road in a interstate Big 8 matchup to Joe Montana Stadium and playing the Ringgold Rams. Elizabeth Ford, 21-point favorites. Uh, I could see it right being on that line, but I think it's the over. Yeah, I agree. Over. Elizabeth Ford's um, the second-best team um, in 3A this year. Um, I think they're right there with Central Valley again this year. I just I, I see them having their way with Ringgold. And then Uniontown, this is this is an interesting one. Uniontown in their first, you know, out of out of Whippeal matchup, and they'll be playing California in California. No Damani Stafford, we think, for the Trojans, and that's why it's a 17-point favorite for California. But either way, uh, I think California rolls. Yeah, give me the over. Um, California is going to dominate uh, without Stafford. I think Hunter saw it. Really going to see what he has to offer the table for California. I look for him to have a big game um, in that one. So, yeah, give me the give me the Trojans on the over. And then 5A, Albert Gallatin, you know, falling in the footsteps of, a, of Uniontown in this list. Uh, not a Whitfield school. Hosting the Yacht Cougars out of 3A, Albert Gallatin, 28-point favorites at home. Uh, I, the only – drawback for me picking the over is that the cat might be out of the bag a little bit with their triple option offense and yuck it comes back and you know talent wise they're probably not there but experience wise they are they're bringing back a ton of guys uh but i still think it's an over for the colonials yeah i'm gonna take the over as well i just think albert gallantin's a better team like i said i think one of the more interesting things coming up for this coming off season is um, you know, obviously it'll be a reclassification year. Will Albert Gallatin rejoin the WPIL? I think it's going to be one of the bigger topics um, in Western Pennsylvania for that. But um, Albert Gallatin on the rise. I think they take care of a, a weekend jock roster. So, yeah, give me the over. And then in McKeesport, and this is a game that I know a lot of people that we know uh, will be at, uh, not necessarily working for us, but the Baldwin Highlanders are visiting the McKeesport Tigers. This one's even, and I'm going to go with the Tigers in this one just because of all those weapons at running back that, you know, 
that notorious triple option offense and the defense that, you know, stood tall against Thomas Jefferson last season. So I got Tigers for me. Yeah, I say McKeesport. McKeesport is, in my opinion, the <laughs> the fourth best team in the WPIL at 4A, and they're the third best in their conference. So that tells you something. McKeesport uh, it is not a team to mess with. So, yeah, give me the Tigers at home. Would you say the McKeesport Tigers are the most underrated team in the WPIL? <laughs> Definitely in 4A. Whippeal, they're right up there. They're one of the first teams I would think of, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, winning against Baldwin and then a home matchup again next again next week against Woodland Hills, if you win those first two games, I mean, that that puts your spot on the map as far as, you know, Whippeal and um, news coverage and everything. Uh, Fox Chapel visiting Peters Township. Peters Township, 18-point favorites at home, and Fox Chapel is one of those teams I mentioned earlier that is definitely on the rise as far as, you know, getting talent back and experience and, um, you know, maybe a dark horse to make the playoffs there in 5A. Uh, but who you got? Peters Township, 18-point favorites. Yeah, I'm going to go Peters Township. Um, wins. I'm going to take the under, though. Um, Pierce Township, even last year, as great as their team was, never really blew anybody out. Um, you know, they played really good defense, and their offense just did what they had to do. Um, I expect the same. Now, they graduated a great senior class, but they still have enough returning and a lot of guys ready to step up. Um, so I think they beat the Foxes, but um, I'm still going to take the under. All right, and that'll just about finish up our picks against the spread and this podcast. If you want to go check out more podcasts, go check out CastBox, Spotify, um, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio. If you subscribe to us on iHeartRadio, not only does it give you our content, but it also notifies you whenever we drop a podcast. So that is definitely also a useful tool. Go check out PA Football News uh, Wednesday. Today is Wednesday, right? Yeah, it is. Uh, Tonight, but if you're listening to this, probably last night, uh, Billy is doing the State of PA Football, so go check that out, his podcast, talking about high school football across the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, um, and that'll be something you definitely want to listen to, so go check out the archive version up on PA Football News, um, it's probably up there right now, uh, go check out some of the other articles, uh, check out some of our previews of these teams if you want to go listen to them before um, these Week Zero matchups. Uh, go check at me out uh, at Nathan Grello on Twitter, Jeremiah at Jeremiah Miller Zero at PA Backyard on Twitter and Instagram, and support us on Patreon, buy our merch on Teespring, and that just about does it, I think. Uh, Jeremiah, anything anything else you want to add in anticipation of Week Zero this weekend? Uh, just super excited, as I mentioned, to begin the podcast to be heading back out again to work and be on the sidelines. Um, for WPIL season, look forward to it. Um, hopefully, my picks are all right. Hopefully, yours are wrong. Um, the ones that you um, disagree with me on. So, um, yeah, really looking forward to it. Um, good luck to everyone, seniors. Um, enjoy this. Uh, you never know what snap's going to be your last. You never know what game's going to be your last. Really enjoy it. Um, even if you were able to go on play uh, college at the next level, um, you'll never it'll never be the same. Friday night lights or something you'll never forget. So. Um, enjoy it. I'm definitely excited uh, and looking forward to walking into a stadium, showing people my press pass, and just walking in. And there's no checking in or screenings or 
whatever whatever have you. I'm looking forward to a full stadium on Friday night at Hiller Stadium between the Hillers and the Big Macs. Uh, aside from that, this has been the Backyard PA Football Podcast. I'm Nathan Grella. I'm Jeremiah Millis. And we'll see you guys next time when we're recapping these Week Zero games. You've been listening to the Backyard PA Football Podcast with Nathan Grella and Jeremiah Miller. Contact us on Facebook, Twitter, or through email. Support us on Patreon. And check out some merch on Teespring. Thank you for listening. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.